Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Good morning and welcome to The Morning Beat. It's Michaela Gordon here. Now, AJ Gibson isn't feeling so well this morning, so he's out. We wish him uh, major rest and recovery. But we've got one of my favorites. I feel like she was such a crucial part of even helping me with my album, my single hands off, Dr. Jen Mann. Thank you for joining us this morning. It is my pleasure. I am thrilled to be here with you guys. I know. We love to have you. And it feels like such girl power in the studio when it's me, you, and Vanessa, which I love. I can't get enough of it. A hundred percent. How was your weekend? My weekend was pretty good. It was pretty mellow. Just time with my family, with my kids, with my parents, you know, just kind of hanging how about you? Yeah, mine too. It was pretty low key. We kind of wanted to do things that were good for our mental health. I feel like a few people I know were having some like mental health things going on this weekend. There was a lot of self-care being done. So um, I love that. I love to see that. Uh, but it was really relaxed. We have a great show, speaking of mental health, for you today. Some really great conversations that I always so much enjoy having with Dr. Jen Mann. You have such an incredible perspective that we don't always get to have. Uh, we've got Hannah Knowles joining us to talk about in the seven o'clock hour, uh, updating us in Red, White & Q on the situation with uh, Governor Abbott sending more migrants to Vice President uh, Kamala Harris's home, what we know. Also, it's Money Mondays. Do you have cash hidden in your home and do you think it's a good idea? And then later on in the show, Jackie Beat is joining us to talk about her new show, Dr. Jackie, Unlicensed Psychotherapist. But this hour, we've got some really great conversations. Uh, something that I've never really thought about having a full conversation about, but I think we've done so many times in the past, is who to choose when your friends break up if you have to make a choice. Have you had to deal with that, Dr. Jen? I think we've all had to deal with it. And I think we've all been on all sides of it. Yeah. Where we've been the couple breaking up where we feel like, hey, you you need to pick. It's me or her or him or whoever you're with or them. Um, or, or we've all been on the other side where a couple that we love has broken up and then we're being asked to pick sides. Yeah. So it, it's a tough one. And when I saw this letter, I was really excited to get to talk about it with you. And I'm, I'm interested to hear what you have to say and to, to share the psychotherapy kind of take on it. Absolutely. I just say, if you try to tell me what to do as a friend, I'm breaking up with you. Don't tell me what to do. No, just kidding. <laughs> All right. We'll have a great conversation about that for now. Let's get into a little bit of news on the beat. Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin is reversing course on how the state deals with transgender students, issuing a requirement that they use bathrooms and locker rooms based on their biological sex. The Republican rolled back changes made by his predecessor, which affected everything from bathroom usage to pronouns. The rewritten rules, which will go into effect and after a 30-day public comment period, also say that minors must be called by the names and pronouns listed on their official records unless a parent give the okay for something else. The 2022 model policies on the privacy, dignity, and respect for all students and parents in Virginia's public schools was posted online Friday by the Virginia Department of Education. All right. In other news, uh, let's get into a little bit of 
Let's do one more story. Uh, last week, a California man pleaded guilty in a Massachusetts federal court to having threatened to commit anti-LGBTQ violence against Merriam-Webster, the dictionary publisher. Jeremy David Hansen pled guilty in a plea deal to charges of interstate communication for threatening Merriam-Webster employees. Additionally, Hansen admitted to sending threats to various corporations, politicians, and others in a written statement of facts, including his plea agreement. Hansen's practice of targeting people was based on their gender, gender identity, or sexual orientation. In his threatening communications, he admitted in his pleading, Merriam-Webster received several threats and comments against specific gender identities. He submitted them through the Contact Us page on Merriam-Webster's website, as well as the comment section on its websites under the word Entries for Girl and Women. All right, let's get into some weather. It's going to be a high of 71 in Boston today, 74 in Chicago, 75 in Seattle, 78 in LA, 71 in San Francisco, and 97 in Cathedral City. Now, can you give us, Dr. Jen, a little vibe of the day? Of course I can. It would be my pleasure. Thank you. Okay, this one's kind of intense. You ready? Ready. May you never become so familiar with pain that you reject anything good that tries to find you. Oh my gosh. Yeah, don't get used to pain. I think it happens all too often. I think especially when we grow up with a lot of pain, especially a lot of childhood pain, that it starts to become familiar. We start to seek it out unconsciously in our partners. We start to accept it. We start to not realize that we deserve better than that. And I think that this is a really great reminder. I took it from my Instagram page and I had posted it because I just... I see it so often in clients, friends, people I love. And I think it's really important to kind of do a check-in with ourselves a lot of the time and just kind of say like, hey, is this pain that I've just become too familiar with that I'm accepting and I need to do something differently? Yeah, absolutely. That's such a great vibe. All right, coming up, uh, we're reading an article about uh, having a friend that breaks up with his partner, but what are you supposed to do? Do you pick sides or can you make it work with both? We're going to have that really great conversation with Dr. Jen Mann coming up in seven minutes. Good morning, B. Channel Q. Okay, Dr. Jen, I'm so happy that you're here with us while AJ Gibson, my bestie, is out. He's not feeling well today. Uh, I'm happy you're here to have this conversation because I think it's a really tricky one. Uh, According to this article, a letter was written and it said, Hey, Jake, my husband and I were good friends with another couple. I'll call them Tom and Jerry, who we'd regularly hang out with. We would do dinners, holidays, even a Uh, took a few trips together over our 15-year friendship. Well, Tom and Jerry recently split and things have gotten awkward. Basically, Tom cheated on Jerry and the divorce has been messy. My husband is Team Tom and I want to stay friends with him. I'm Team Jerry and don't want to drop him, especially after he just got cheated on, but they've both made it clear they're not comfortable with us being friends with each other. So I feel stuck. I don't want to have to choose a friend. On top of that, I don't know how I feel about my husband siding with the cheater. I realize this all sounds very petty and immature and maybe even stupid for four guys in their early 40s, but I'm at a total loss for how to navigate this. Please help. So this is like your thing. Uh, What advice do you have towards Tom and Jerry? Because for me personally, I don't like when people tell me how to navigate any relationship. I think the most mature way to go is just allow me to do what I want to do. Which I totally get. And as a psychotherapist, my my response may surprise you a bit. As you, as you know, I'm always full of surprises. I love it. Look, I, first of all, I think we've all been on all sides of this. We've been on the breakup couple side where we want our friends to pick sides. And we've been on the friend side where we have a couple breaking up that we feel maybe loyalty to both of them or we feel like, okay, me and my partner are really identifying and connecting with different people in this whole scenario. You know, part of the problem with all of this is that it's the trust issue. And that let's be real, that when you have a situation like this, like with Tom and Jerry, as they're being called in in this scenario, that you and your spouse, one of you is friends with one of them, the other is friends with the other one. After the split, the two of you are going to get information from both of them because you're good friends. And then you end up talking about it with each other. And there's always the danger that one of you 
will slip and reveal something private that the other person was told that shouldn't be shared. So I can understand why they're saying like, hey, pick one. Like, we, I'm not comfortable with you being friends with my ex, especially given that this is a messy divorce that involves cheating. I also think that when it comes to picking sides on this, I think that, well, of course, cheating is terrible. It is painful. It hurts people. It is an awful thing. It is also a symptom of a bigger problem in the relationship. So I think as a friend, we can't judge the person we're friends with or the couple that we're friends with on one specific thing that happened in their relationship when who knows what was going on. Like we have no idea what was going on inside their relationship. Again, not that cheating is okay, never okay, but who knows what was going on? Who knows what lack of communication, what lack of sex, what abuse, who knows what was was going on? So I, I think that especially with something like cheating, which is incredibly triggering for most of us. To, and when our partner is siding with someone who cheated, it can be even doubly triggering. Right. But I think that we have to look at what our personal friendship is with each person in the couple in order to pick who we want to be with. And I think that if they're requesting this, if they're saying, you know, hey, you can't be friends with us, it's kind of all or nothing. And you and your part, to me, the bigger issue with this is that this guy and his husband are not on the same page in terms of how they want to handle it. I totally agree. Yeah. At the end of the day, what really matters for the person who's writing this letter is that his relationship with his husband or partner is good and that they figure out a way to work through this together. Because I suspect with them, it is a symptom of a bigger problem of communication within their relationship. Totally. I I agree with the whole cheating thing as well. I think that, you know, I've been cheated on and I have cheated, not proudly by any means, but just full transparency. And when I was cheated on, uh, my ex had, I don't, I don't want to say every right to cheat on me, but I understood where it came from and it forced me to have to dive deeper into the relationship and vice versa. When I had like an emotional affair, there were so many things behind it. And um, it, it wasn't just so simple and black and white. And I think sometimes if you can really work through or deep, it can even make the relationship better or at least like a very respectful friendship that happens afterwards. Um, and I, I love that you have that perspective because I do too. I mean, I'm not really one of those people that thinks cheating is the end of the world. Uh, if you can, uh, come, come up from that, you know, and look for some couples, it ends up being the wake up call that the relationship needed because it's so painful. It shakes the relationship to its core and you have to do something. You have to either fix what's going on in the relationship that led to the cheating, or you have to go your separate ways because doing nothing is not going to work. Absolutely. So I, I think that that sometimes it can ultimately be an incredibly painful blessing when couples use it to work towards having a better relationship and fixing what is wrong. But again, coming back to this couple, what to me, the bigger issue is the person who wrote, why is he unable to come to an agreement with his spouse? Why is their communication so bad and their compassion for each other so lacking that they're not able to sit down and say like, okay, I really understand why you see it this way. Here's how I see it. Let's come up with something that works for us. Because at the end of the day, what matters for them, the people who are writing is their relationship, their communication and how they work through conflict in their relationship. And that doesn't seem to be happening here. So I think that this could be a really good opportunity for them to examine their relationship and maybe even get some couples counseling. Absolutely. Okay, coming up, we're getting more advice. And I really like this next conversation. Adults are sharing things that teens are not ready to hear. Uh, Things like you won't feel different when you're older or have kids. You'll just be you. It's weird. Is that advice even helpful? We'll talk about it with Dr. Jen next. B. B. Channel Q.
Welcome back to the Morning Beat. Now, AJ Gibson is out. He's not feeling well today, but we've got the one and only Queen, Dr. Jen Mann, joining us. Now, if you missed our last conversation, it was a really great one. And you can always go back and listen to our podcast at wearechannelq.com. But here is some solid advice from adults to teens that they thought was helpful that teens aren't maybe necessarily ready to hear. Now, you have two teenage girls and you are the queen of advice, so I'm so interested to hear what you have to say. But uh, according to this article, there's just a few things that feel like weird or problematic and uh you don't like it. And one of those would be uh, you won't feel different when you're older or have kids. You'll just be you. It's weird. Uh, another one, today's eyebrows or yesterday's clown makeup. I will say though, there was a moment where I went a little heavy with my eyebrows. Uh, and then I went a very little not heavy. We're very thin. Uh, another ready. We've user. all been there. We've all been there. <laughs> no, no eyebrows. Uh, another one said in 15 years, you think you're going uh, in 15 years, you're going to think the kids have gone too far and they're going to think you're old fashioned. And for this one, it actually bothers me a lot because I feel like they were already setting us up for how we were going to like age. And now that I'm 34, I'm still very interested in what 20 year olds do. I think it keeps me young. I think it keeps me fresh in pop culture and what's going on. I appreciate it. And I I don't feel old fashioned. And it kind of sometimes makes me feel like embarrassed if I am interested in what the new generation is doing because I'm like, um, am I like old and weird and I'm just trying to fit in with the cool kids, but I'm not. Look, I, I think that giving our kids truth is really important and telling them what our perspectives are and what we believe and what we think is going to take place and how we think that they're likely to age. I think that sometimes we share opinions or thoughts that maybe our teenagers don't like. And to me, that's part of having honest conversations. Because to me, the, the key is having respectful, honest conversations with our kids. And that's what really matters, that it's okay for them to not like our opinion, okay for us to not like their opinion about things. And hopefully that will help open everyone's eyes to better understanding one another. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, too, something that I just always want to value and appreciate is just whatever you're telling your teenagers or or your niece. Like, you know, for example, um, we really try to, like, validate my niece and her feelings. And um, I don't really like to tell her too many things because I want her to explore. I want her to figure it out, you know, respectfully. I don't want her to feel like what she's exploring or doing would ever be looked at as stupid or she's dumb um, because Mm -hmm. I saw that play out with her dad, who's my brother. He was often criticized um, and he goes through life now thinking he's incapable um, and not smart enough. And we actually had to have that conversation yesterday uh, while he's away in the army. And it was a very emotional one. And it's just so true that you know, kids value what their parents have to say. And if they say something, it's going to stick with them. Even if they don't like their parents, they love their parents. And you got to be really careful with how you say things. And that I agree with, you know, that's very different than kind of just like more superficial, like, oh, your eyebrows, you'll hate your makeup. Like that's totally different. Because I I do think that what most people don't realize is that parents are our first mirrors that help us to understand whether we are lovable, whether we are wonderful, whether, you know, how we operate in the world. And at the heart of what we become is oftentimes what our parents have told us that when we have a parent who says like, oh, you're trouble, we tend to become trouble. Mm -hmm. We have parents who tell us that we're dumb. We tend to have a harder time understanding things not because we are dumb, but because they have ingrained this idea in our heads that we have trouble learning or whatever it is. And that it is really important that parents are mindful of what the messages are that they are giving their children. And that sometimes there are different ways to express the same thing. One can be very respectful and very loving and kind of recognize a difference and help a child to understand kind of how to play off of that difference and use it as a strength versus a criticism or something that is cruel or demeaning to a child. What, Dr. Jen, is like 
just one piece of advice that you've given your girls in case their parents or aunts and uncles listening that you think really helped them so much? Um, well, I mean, I'll say one thing that I think has really helped our relationship is that, yeah, and I wrote about this in, you know, both of my parenting books is that when you treat children with respect, children tend to treat you with respect. And most parents don't realize that dynamic, that when you are modeling to them respectful behavior, and for me, that began when my children were infants on the diaper table, that like I would change their diaper and I would say, I would narrate to them what I was about to do. Because you know what? If I was at the gynecologist and my gynecologist started doing stuff and didn't tell me like, okay, now I'm putting the speculum in or now I'm doing this, it would be jolting. It would be invasive. It would feel weird. So instead to be like, okay, now I'm taking off your diaper. Okay, now I'm wiping. Now I'm doing this so that they knew what was coming to me. That respectful communication starts in infancy. And it starts with really respecting their bodies, their boundaries, just everything. And that that has resulted in a very respectful relationship. I, I have kids who I I have teenagers who I love spending time with and who really enjoy spending time with me, which not many parents can say. Dr. Jen, you're so wonderful. I love that. And I feel like you've helped me just be a really good aunt to my niece and nephews. So I adore you for that. Um, now, coming up, we're talking in What's Poppin'. This major designer put his entire show on hold for New York Fashion Week for this one major celebrity. And we've got those details for you next. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast the morning beat with aj and michaela channel q Yes, tonight, that is the one and only Janet Jackson, and we're talking about her in What's Poppin'. Apparently, she is popping so hard that Christian Siriano literally put his entire show on hold and made it a week earlier so that his muse, Janet Jackson, could be there. It was said he usually shows during Fashion Week, like on a Saturday, but he had it earlier this year on a Wednesday to accommodate her schedule. He was like, if Janet's coming, I don't care if there are 10 people there, we will make it work. Needless to say, 
She was a sensation at the event, which was held at Elizabeth Taylor's townhouse. All of that just sounds so fabulous. And imagine being Janet Jackson and a designer who's so well-known like Christian Suriano is like, no, girl, I'll move the entire event for you. Like, let's go, royalty. I would do that for Billy Joel. <laughs> you would? <laughs> He's not exactly like a fashion muse by any means, but I do feel very strongly about Billy Joel. <laughs> you know, I actually love Billy Joel, and I read this thing a couple uh, months ago that he leaves the entire front row of his concerts open and then they go find super fans and they put them in the front row and they said well why do you do that and he said well I was tired of looking at the rich people just looking up at me like I want people to be excited and have fun and I just thought that was so amazing he's so talented and so amazing like I'm not a big concert person but his concerts I any day I will go I love that. Okay, well, if he ever has tickets, I'll take us. Okay, that sounds great. It's a date. It's a date. (laughs) All right, coming up in a red, white, and cue, we're we're talking to national politics reporter at the Washington Post in regards to Texas Governor Abbott sending more migrants to Vice President uh, uh, Kamala Harris's home. I almost said Calvin Harris, and that's a DJ, and I was like, girl, do not mix this up because this is not the time, but I did. Transparency. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela Channel Q Welcome back to The Morning Beat AJ Gibson isn't feeling well this morning So we've got the one and only You know her from VH1's Couples Therapy Dr. Jen Mann Joining us A phenomenal author An incredible mom A great friend to us here at Channel Q Thank you so much Dr. Jen for joining us My pleasure Love being here Love that you're here. Love that you are such a super reality star, um, making such a big difference. But during the break, you said that you are also a fan of reality. What show have you been binging? Tell our listeners, please. I have been watching Below Deck. You love and it. I'm kind of obsessed. My dad, who's in his 80s, started watching, was constantly talking about it. And I said, you know, if my dad likes it, I'll have to check it out. And I am obsessed. I can't stop watching. And I'm on season five of Below Deck Mediterranean. Love. And I'm just, I'm going in chronological order, but I'm I'm completely obsessed. And I understand you're into it as well. Okay, I'm so into it. And it also makes me feel so much better that my friend and therapist likes to watch these binge reality television shows. Because sometimes I'm like, girl, what are you doing? You're on season five of some other show, but I just love it. I love to watch it. What did I recently binge watch from years ago? Um, uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Girls Next Door. That actually turned out to be quite problematic and, and not beneficial at all for any reason. <laughs> but I did. That one I haven't watched, but but I, I, I have a feeling it is fascinating. But I'll tell you what I am really into that's not reality, which also kind of shows what a dichotomy I am, and that's Handmaid's Tale. Oh, I know you love Handmaid's Obsessed. Tale. Obsessed. Yeah, I Obsessed. know you love it. You love it. Lisa's trying to get me into House of Dragons right now, so that's currently my fight. And I know I'm I'm going to love I'm it. I'm watching that. You I'm are? watching it. Okay, okay. I, See, the thing is, sometimes I'm just like, Lisa, I want to forget to use my brain, and House of Dragons will require me to do so. So that's why I like things like Below Deck. Yeah, you know, I watched Game of Thrones with Eric, my partner, and it literally, he like pushed me to watch it. It was it was a huge gift for the first three seasons, actually like two and a half. I hated it. And then I became obsessed. Uh, but it was I watched it for love. I well I love that. Um I love love. <laughs> Good morning beat. Channel Q. Welcome back to the Morning Beat. It's Money Mondays. We've got AJ Gibson taking a little rest today. He's not feeling so good. So we've got my girl, Dr. Jen Mann, joining us. You may know her from VH1's Couples Therapy, but she always has really great advice for me. And I'm curious to ask you about this. This article says that over half of U.S. adults have $1,000 cash stashed in their home. Now, a poll of 2,000 U.S. adults found 51% have cold hard cash stored away in their homes. Of them, the average person has about $1,010 stashed somewhere safe in the home. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. When I was a waitress and I was making a lot of cash, 
I 1000% held onto that money so tight, stored it in a shoebox and kept it at home for a rainy day. And I did that because my mom did that. My mom used to hide cash. My grandma used to hide cash. It was like a thing. But I feel like now, do people even use cash? I feel like it's all like, are we still in that Bitcoin era? Like what is going on? Do you hide your cash, Dr. Jen? Well, first of all, I'm amazed. Like, didn't you worry that someone might accidentally like throw out that shoebox of money and then you would never see it again? <laughs> like, I would be so worried that either it would be stolen or it would get thrown out or someone would discover it that shouldn't discover it. So like, that's be, that's the first thing. I mean, I do think that one of the things that we have learned in a, an era of pandemics and global unrest and riots that like, you never know when there might be an emergency where you could need cash, where you might have to like get out of town fast and that who knows like what kind of cyber disaster might happen where we couldn't use credit cards or whatever. So I do think that we kind of tend to think about worst case scenarios more now than we did probably three, four years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, For me personally, I'm always looking for cash. Like I'm always like, oh, why don't I have cash on me? So I like when you have kids, you're kind of constantly giving out cash and and not having it for yourself. But it it surprises me because a thousand dollars is a lot of cash for the average person to have around the house. Like that number really surprised me. Vanessa, you said that your boyfriend and your mom both hide cash as well. Yeah, they're part of this poll. Like my mom already told me, if anything happens to me, this is where I have the money. She's in Europe right now, and she literally was like, remember where I hit the money? I was like, okay, mom, nothing's going to happen to you. And then my boyfriend... Uh, he believes because of inflation, he's like, you never know what the banks could do. Like, and he took out all his money. And I'm like, just feel like people are are have trust issues with our bank system right now. I don't know. Yeah. So what does oh, that I know, say psychologically? I know a people with gold bars hidden in in their house. Whoa. Gold bars. <laughs> oh my yep. god. That's amazing. Is that like a rich thing? I don't even know if I've ever. Got like a chocolate bar, like a Kit Kat yeah. in my fridge. It's exciting to have. I do have chocolate bars hidden in my home. <laughs> <laughs> that I have. I, I know where those are. And that makes sense to me. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. Okay, Dr. Jen, we've got a little bit of tea. And I'm going to tell you all about it in What's Poppin'. So yesterday we did a story. I'm sorry. Last week we did a story about Jonathan Van Ness and Anthony Prowski's new collaboration. But they're receiving a lot of criticism because before they did the launch of their new pet food, they sort of were like baiting the audience that... It's finally happening. They're finally together, only to reveal that it's only just about uh, coming together for a dog line. But now our community is really upset. Uh, Some of our community saying that um, it's not okay. It's a form of queer baiting. Uh, It's not right. I don't know. I mean, you deal with couples gay and straight all the time. You also deal with just people and mental health. Can you see why they would feel like it's queer baiting? I think that there are times where people look for problems. And and I just think that this is two queer people who are promoting their business. And I think let's support a queer business and let's support their products and let's not look for problems where one doesn't exist. I think they're being campy and fun and trying to promote a product that they believe in and and animals and dog food and good for them. Absolutely. I think so too. I, I think it would be weird if they weren't gay, but the fact that they are queer, it feels like a stretch to say like they're queer baiting. So, you know, I always want to respect our listeners' opinions as well. But for me, I think it's a little bit of a stretch. I, I'm I am with you. Thank you. I know because we always agree because we're friends and I th- think that everything you say is so important and that's why we do this show together. Good morning, B. Channel Q. 
Welcome back to the Morning Beat. Now, AJ Gibson is out today. He's not feeling so good, and that's okay because we've got my buddy here from VH1's Couples Therapy, Dr. Jen Mann, joining us. We've been holding it down this morning, and we've got a great hour for you. Coming up, we are doing a great interview with Jackie Beat uh, for Jackie Dr. Jackie, unlicensed psychotherapist, set to debut on Out TV today. She's one of the funniest queens. I can't wait to interview her and talk about that. And then are straight people actually obsessed with us? We can have this conversation. Vanessa, you're straight. Dr. Jen, you're straight. Are you just obsessed with the gay community? Is that what's happening here? Uh, and then we talk about one famous star posting a bunch of pregnancy pics because 11 male paparazzi would not leave the outside of her home. This story is crazy. And the fact that she can't get any privacy is rough. So for now, let's get right into a little bit of news on the beat. With Republicans threatening to reverse LGBTQ civil rights and generally undermine Democratic elections, there's a lot riding on the November midterms, but voter ID laws across the nation could seriously impair transgender people from voting. New research from the Williams Institute found that out of 878,300 eligible transgender voters in the U.S., as many as 203,700 could be blocked from voting because their government-issued IDs don't reflect their gender identity. That's nearly one-fourth of all eligible trans voters. If a trans person arrives at a polling place with a government-issued ID containing an incorrect gender or name, they may be turned away by poll workers who think they're trying to impersonate another individual. Oh, Lord of mercy. All right, another news. Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin is reversing course on how the state deals with transgender students issuing a requirement that they use bathrooms and locker rooms based on their biological sex. The Republican rolled back changes made by his predecessor, which affected everything from bathroom usage to pronouns. The rewritten rules, which will go into effect after a 30-day public comment period, also say that minors must be called by the names and pronouns listed on their official records unless a parent gives the okay for something else. The 2022 model policies on the privacy, dignity, and respect for all students and parents in Virginia's public schools was posted online Friday by the Virginia Department of Education. All right, before we get into, uh, well, let's get into a little weather first. It's going to be a high of 71 in Boston, 74 in Chicago, 75 in Seattle, 78 in L.A., 71 in San Francisco, and 97 in Cathedral City. Now, before we get the vibe, I want to remind you guys that Channel Q is giving you a chance to see Demi Lovato September 28th at L.A.'s YouTube Theater. Just head on over to WeAreChannelQ.com and enter for your chance to win. Also, this may be her last tour. She's come out saying she's exhausted. Her mental health can't take it anymore. Uh, and this will be her last tour. So you don't want to miss it. She's phenomenal live. Um, and it'll be a really great show. Uh, now, if we could have a little vibe of the day. Vibe of the day. Silently ending all communication is a perfectly reasonable and proportionate response to abuse. Okay. That's a really good vibe. Yeah. You know, very true. And I think a lot of people don't realize it, especially when they're in the midst of it. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. Okay, this is a very interesting conversation to have. And I'm very excited that we have Dr. Janet Mann having this conversation with us because there's a new story that's come out that says, are straight people okay? 17 Twitter users are baffled by their behavior um, as they're kind of like coming for us a little bit. Uh, some of the tweets say, why do straight people always need to say, ah, oh, sadly, I'm straight. Why are you sad? Honestly, what are you sad about? being accepted by society. Somebody else said, look, I love the straight community. Some of my best friends are straight. There's even one straight guy at work. Ben, he's so colorful, but enough with the photos of you guys kissing all the time. We don't need to see it that much. Why do straight people throw it in your face so much? Uh, they're just kind of making jokes and, and talking about this, but uh, it's so funny because it really started with Trixie Mattel, who's one of my favorite drag queens, saying, gay people, why are straight people so obsessed with our lives? Uh, what do you think about this, Dr. Jen? 
Well, I'm obsessed with you and Lisa. Does that does I, that count? Yeah, I'm obsessed <laughs> with you and Eric. So is that okay? <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, look, I, I think that a lot of the time straight people can be insensitive and lacking in understanding about what it is like to be in the queer community. And I think that these um, these tweets that are done coming from the queer community really illustrate the point beautifully of kind of how oftentimes straight people kind of take for granted the societal acceptance that kind of the comments that are made. And, and I think that it makes a great point using humor. I do too. I, I think it is. And I think that I'm so fortunate because I have like the best straight people in my life. Um, but I did read something somewhere not too long ago that said that people that are most um, obsessed with you, unfortunately, are sometimes your haters. And um, and for whatever reason, that's what it is. Because it is interesting. Uh, there have been some straight people that I've met um, that just have a lot to say about being gay. Some people included in my family. Some people that like throw religion at me um and want to like let me know and I'm like okay girl I get it worry about can you just go focus on you now because I'm a good person I'm living my life I'm doing what I want to do heard you go away and I also think you know when someone has that much energy on your sexual orientation who you're sleeping with what you're doing in your bedroom like what's going on with them like yeah. what's going on in their life that they're that focused on you are they envious perhaps they have repressed something in their own life you know there's a, a really interesting study that was done many many years ago that was about homophobic men and what they did was they put and i'm not sure what i'm allowed to say usually as a doctor i'm allowed to say more words but mm-hmm. um they put a um a something around men's uh, organs genitals and showed these straight homophobic men gay porn and what they found was the men that were most homophobic had the mo- the the most erectile oh, reaction wow, to wow. pornography which i found fascinating fascinating and and yeah. also kind of not surprising i yeah. was watching um oh god please don't let me forget what this story is called the movie it was a major movie american gigolo <sighs> no but i can see that no it was with <laughs> kevin spacey oh Yes, I know what you're talking about with the rose petal. Yes, what is it? What is it? What is it? Oh, my God. I oh, know. Vanessa, we need you to Google quickly. Uh, Kevin Spacey, American something movie. American Beauty. American Beauty. American Beauty. Yeah. And I will never forget how they portrayed the father as this militant, strict, uh, obsessive uh, with rules. Hyper-masculine. Uh, yeah. Into bodybuilding. Yeah, dad. And then um, he ended up going after, he ended up being uh, kissed by his neighbor um, and by a man, by a male neighbor. And he was like, oh no, I'm so sorry, that's not for me. And that guy was actually very, very homophobic throughout the movie. And um, he uh, ended up like taking his life at the end of the movie. And I feel like that says so much. It was a really dark movie, but that's what a lot of people deal with. The kind of, more toxic masculinity you're dealing with, the more uh, sometimes more it's like things that are interested. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would have to agree with that because I, I, if not, why are you so adamant about this? Like, why do you care about other people's sex lives that much? Totally. Totally. I agree. All right. Coming up, if you're ever wondering if you should ask your partner how many partners they've slept with, Apparently, don't do it. We'll talk to uh, Dr. Jen Mann about it coming up next. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. Okay, this is a very interesting topic and something that I think is perfect for Dr. Jen Mann, who's here with us today. Uh, AJ Gibson is not feeling well, so Dr. Jen is here. Now, it started with an article that uh, you actually, it's part of your column, Hump Day with Dr. Jen for InStyle, but also it goes along the lines with your book, The Relationship Fix, which I am telling you 100% helped mine and Lisa's relationship so much. It gave us so many great tools. But the question begs why you should never ask your partner how many people they've slept with. So tell us what's going on and why should we not do that? Well, first of all, this was kind of like the common question. I think it would probably start around the 80s that everyone was kind of asking everyone that they were dating, how many partners they had. And there was kind of this idea in terms of STIs that we should be asking our partner. But the truth is, first of all, people are not necessarily honest when they give their response that there tends to be an inflation or deflation (laughs) depending on what we think about our history, oftentimes our gender, how judged we have been about with other partners that we've shared that information with, all that sort of stuff. But the truth is that when we are asking our partners for this information, we're typically looking for one of three things. One is we're trying to get a sense of, are we safe STI-wise to sleep with this person? And the truth is, you always want to be getting a blood test, an STI panel in an ideal world. That's what you'd be doing and practicing safe sex. Two is that we're trying to learn what our partner's life experience, romantic experience, sexual experience has been like prior to us. And then three, we're oftentimes trying to figure out, are we significant to this person or not? And these numbers are not the best way to figure that out. Yeah. You know, I feel like for me, I know I'm just a jealous person or I have been at least in the very past. And I feel like this wouldn't do, um, it wouldn't benefit me in the relationship. Like, I've said this story very famously where at one point me and Lisa thought that maybe we wanted to open our relationship one night a couple of years ago. And I was like, great, let's role play. And then when we started role playing, I got extremely jealous of the girl that I made up. And Lisa was like, (laughs) okay, psycho, let's take a step back. And I was like, Never. We're never doing it. Thank God we role played. We know that's not for us, but it's, I mean, it can get you really in your head. A hundred percent. And look, Eric and I have been together eight and a half years and I have never asked him his number. I don't want to know his number. Has he asked you? He knows my number. Okay. But he, but it doesn't bother him. No, it's like not an issue. Yeah. But I know myself well enough to know I don't want to know his number. But I it does also, not benefit me. But I also love that, that like maybe yeah. one person in the, in the relationship is cool with it. And the other one is like, yeah. nope, don't want to know. So you both know your boundaries so well. Yeah. I know everything I need to know about him to know that I don't want to know that number. Vanessa, do you know, your, <laughs> do you know Josh's number? No, I don't. But I'm just laughing because uh, Joshua... When we first started dating, he asked me, and I was like so nonchalant, and I told him, and I, I just didn't think it was a big deal. <laughs> it was a big deal. <laughs> and I was like, oh, snap. 
So I was like, but you kept asking me. So I was like, and I remember saying, are you sure you want to know? He's like, yeah. And I was like, okay. And I told him, and he was like mad at me. I was like, I haven't done stop, anything. Stop, this he was is, mad. It, he, got, he got upset. I don't know. I was like, why are you upset? Like, this happened in the past. This is the present now. And I was like, see, this is, I'm like, now I know something. If you ask me something, I'm just not going to tell you. But obviously, that is not the right thing to learn here. But, like, yeah. how would you ask if you don't really want to know? Is I know. My question. Listen, I know. You just can't help it. But, but, and look, I also think that as we get older, we have better boundaries and we also know ourselves better. And kind of part of how we learn is trial and error. And it sounds like, mm-hmm. Vanessa, your partner learned the hard way that this is not a good question for him to ask. Exactly. And if anyone ever asks, be in the future be like no no one needs to know no no you don't need to know no yeah. even though I don't think yeah, it's a big exactly. deal here's my blood test let's not talk about it let's move <laughs> yes. on you can have my blood that's it exactly <laughs> The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela Channel Q Welcome back to The Morning Beat. It's time for a little bit of what's poppin' and this story is all about a strong woman, honey. Blake Lively just posted a bunch of pregnancy pictures because 11 male paparazzi literally would not leave the outside of her home. We all know that she's expecting now. They do have three children uh, together, her and Ryan Reynolds, uh, James, who's seven, Inez, who's five, and Betty, who's three. But after showing a little tiny bit of her baby bump, paparazzi's just been hanging outside of her house and so finally she said yeah I'm just gonna post me pregnant in real life so the 11 guys waiting outside my home for a sighting will leave me alone you freak me and my kids out thanks to everyone else for all the love and respect and for continuing to unfollow accounts and publications who share photos of our children you have all the power against them and thank you to the media who have a no kids policy you all make the difference but I think that was a really good idea she took the power into her own hands and she posted photos so they couldn't have them it's crazy that people are still fighting against paparazzi and their privacy in their own homes yeah no it's it's pretty nuts and you know you would think that after you know many many years ago what happened with princess diana and the paparazzi that that really ultimately ended her life that that there would be kind of a certain line that doesn't get crossed, but that is unfortunately not the case. And I think it was very wise of her to post those pictures. And, you know, I always love when a celebrity ends up posting pictures of whether it's their wedding or their pregnancy or whatever, and kind of owning it, selling the pictures and then donating it to some great organization that they, that they love. Because I do think that it is, um, you might as well make good on it and make something positive come from something that can be stressful and, and difficult. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've always liked Blake Lively. I think she's super empowering. And Ryan Reynolds and her have such a great relationship. They're so funny together. So congratulations on your beautiful baby and your babies. All right, coming up. And in baby our, bump. And baby <laughs> bump. Yes. All right, coming up. In our final hour, we're interviewing the one and only Jackie Beats about her own TV series, Dr. Jackie, Unlicensed Psychotherapist, on Out TV, out today, coming up the next hour. The Morning Beat, Channel Q. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. Now, AJ Gibson is out. He's not feeling well today, but we've got from Couples Therapy on VH1, Dr. Jen Mann, co-hosting with me. And what a show today because I have been looking forward to this all day. One of my favorite queens, Jackie Beats, her own TV series, Dr. Jackie Unlicensed Psychotherapist, is out on Out TV today. She's joining us. Let's take a listen to the trailer and then we'll talk to Jackie Beats. Oh, good morning, Dr. Jackie. Your next client is a celebrity. I am worthy. Incredible. You are good. What's that word? Dur. Like a Brillo pad of bad energy up in my face. It's pronounced Dorothy. Three syllables. Primal. Primal. Scream. Scream. Therapy. Therapy. Your lips are moving. I mean, that's actually better for everyone. And this is why I drink right here. Now, if this doesn't sound incredible enough, uh, Sherry Vine is co-starring as the confused assistant. The cast is all A-list. Jackie, welcome to the Morning Pete. 
Thank you. I'm so thrilled to be on the show. Did you guys name it after me? We actually did. And I've been waiting for four years to tell you that. Um, and now is my <laughs> you opportunity. Owe, you guys owe me some money. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm so excited that you um, not only were we named the show after you, but you have your own show named after you coming out today as well. Please tell us the inspiration behind this hilarious new show that's coming out. Dr. Jackie, unlicensed psychotherapist. Well, I was trying to think, how can I showcase not just my talent, but I have so many talented friends and it is partially scripted, but then, you know, people sit down and they get to just improv and ad lib and we have so much fun. The hardest part is editing because we're laughing and there's so much comedy gold. So I think it's a really great vehicle because I am self-centered. Listen, don't trust any drag queen who doesn't think she's, you know, everything. And, you know, I don't, I don't read books to children. I'm not putting anybody down if they want to <laughs> do that. But hopefully this show would offend Marjorie Taylor Greene. And, um, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. And, you know, I'm poking fun at mental health. Because, listen, I used to write for Joan Rivers and nobody told Joan Rivers not to make a Holocaust joke and not to get too deep. But, you know, I am a queen of a certain age and I came out of the closet and became sexually active the day AIDS gave its first, you know, press release back in the 80s. So you have to joke about the ugly stuff. So we are poking fun at, you know, mental illness and, but, you know, everyone's crazy. So just embrace it. And if you need help, really get help. This is just a comedy. And look, I have to say as a therapist that we have to have humor about our dark stuff. We have to have humor about our struggles. I think it's a really an important part of kind of working through our stuff. And I think it's great that you're doing this. And, and I do have to ask, are there any therapists who inspired you in your role as psychotherapist? <laughs> Well, I grew up watching people like Dr. Joyce Brothers on TV. Now, that's a really old reference. But, you know, you could also think of people like Dr. Phil. And to be honest, I mean, the real inspiration is just how truly self-centered they seem to be. And, you know, and of course, being a drag queen, I take it to, you know, a drag queen doing a comedy. I have to take it to you know, a different level and really give bad advice. You know, Lady Bunny watched it because I did her podcast the other day and she's like, you're going to think I'm crazy. I'm going to do my Lady Bunny impersonation. Yes. You're going to think I'm crazy, but I thought, you know, some of the advice you gave was really good. <gasps> and there is a moment in the pilot episode, which airs tonight on uh, Out TV. Uh that always makes me emotional because we're joking around, but Katya, I'm making Katya say I am worthy because she comes in because she thinks everybody hates her. And there is a moment where she says, I am worthy and her voice cracks. And I, she's probably trying to be funny, but it literally makes me tear up every time because there was something like a real moment and it is difficult to say that sometimes i'm getting emotional right now listen you're making me emotional right now because i think that you know i i liked to do stand-up comedy years ago because i um it was my way of being able to fight back and I, you, I, we, nobody was censored yet you know you weren't getting canceled every five minutes and right. i use that as such a source of of pain i joked about um being sexually abused because i was and and it was a way for me to sort of regain my power back from that situation happening and i think that's what the best comedians do and i think that's why you know people like you like katya like bianca del rio monet exchange all of these people that are part of this show really are not only the most brilliant, but probably the most empathetic and the most emotional. And so the comedy always seems to hit just a little bit harder. Yes. And I think, you know, in this day and age of 
everything is being filmed and all these reality shows. And, you know, I know people can't see me, but I just did finger quotes. I mean, there's nothing real about these reality shows. And, you know, even half the TikToks that you watch, you know, somebody wipes out, it's all planned. So you can feel on a cellular level mm -hmm. if something is real. And even if it is wrapped up in comedy, you can kind of feel the real. And I think people really crave that. And, um, yeah, so I think it works on a, I mean, listen, don't watch it for actual <laughs> advice. Listen, I might it watch might, it for actual it advice. It might make you think, you know what, maybe I'll see a therapist or, you know, I don't even want to go that far. Just watch it if you want to laugh and be entertained. But it also sounds like one of the cool things that happened in that moment was that you use kind of a real therapeutic tool that's almost become a cliche and kind of made fun of it. But even in that, it was still kind of effective in that moment. And I think that that's really cool. And, you know, maybe who knows, maybe your show will inspire someone to get therapy. I know one of the things that that I'm most proud of with my show with couples therapy on VH1 was that it inspired people to get therapy and even if you're doing it in a playful way, you just never know when someone will watch and be like, hey, you know what, maybe I'll give that a try. Right. And I think it's kind of interesting that, you know, when you're doing uh, improv, obviously you're sort of in the zone, you know, you're, it, it really is almost like, you know, uh, athletics or, you know, something where your body just takes over, but your you have to kind of like let your mind go and really listen, obviously. And that's where you can get into trouble and get canceled because you may say something that's just so inappropriate. But, you know, anyway, my point is you are really in the zone and you're so open. You've opened this mm -hmm. channel that something real can happen. And there's been a few moments in some of the hilarious sessions where some there's a real moment. And maybe I only pick up on it because I know these people and love them. But every once in a while, you can see like, oh, that was that was real. Jackie, I can't wait to watch. You're so fabulous. And honestly, like I already thought you were so, so funny, but you're just so brilliant and just so like zoned in. And I uh, I just am so excited to watch this show out now. Uh, Dr. Jackie, Unlicensed Psychotherapist, the six part series uh, premiering tonight on Out TV. Please let us know whenever you want to come back on, Jackie. You're, you're incredible. Thank you. It's over. It's over. I got in full drag at this hour. I got in full drag at this hour. <laughs> I love the dress. Thank you. Thank you. you well, it's, it's really just a tube top, but thank you. <laughs> it's hot. Tell me something good. All right, I'm ready to tell you something good. I mean, something really great is the fact that I got to host this morning show with VH1's Couples Therapy. I watched her religiously, and now she's my buddy. Dr. Jen Mann, I'm so grateful that you did the show this morning while AJ Gibson was out, and we wish him the best rest and recovery. But according to this article, gratitude truly is where it's at. A new poll reveals the secret to happiness is practicing gratitude. Now, the random double opt-in survey of 2,000 Americans looked at the potential connection between gratitude and happiness, revealing that 65% of respondents who report that they're very happy on a daily basis were more likely to always give thanks. While looking at the correlation between life satisfaction and gratitude, one-third of respondents said they always express gratitude gratitude in their everyday lives of those 62 percent noted they were very satisfied with their lives dr jen is this a real thing this is a real thing and it's actually something that i oftentimes prescribed my to my therapy patients when they're struggling with depression because actually a lot of the studies show and also just anecdotally as well that when you practice gratitude it is very hard to be depressed and grateful at the same time those are two emotions that are conflicting so when you are able to actually remind yourself of what you have to be grateful for and sometimes it's really hard especially when you're depressed and, and understand i'm not saying oh this is the answer now we don't need antidepressants or therapy by any means right but it is a great tool to have in the arsenal when you when you struggle with depression 
Yeah, you know, it's really interesting because I, I will say, and this, I think this is a very normal thing, uh, my album has been put out, which took me a long time to make. It's brought up a lot of different emotions. And I feel like I was struggling with depression this weekend. And I said, what do I need to do? Like, get me out of this. It's been a long time since I was feeling like sort of these yucky feelings, I feel. Um, so I just started cleaning my house and I started acting very, not acting, I was very grateful for my apartment and my partner and having food and uh money to buy groceries and it it really did change my mood quite quickly and so that would make sense to me just practicing gratitude um all right well as always like i said thank you so much to dr jen man for joining us uh make sure you do stick around for love line with dr chris later on tonight if you missed anything from our show you can always download our podcast at wearechannelq.com we'll see you tomorrow how powerful is cox internet Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.